Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the After Hours Podcast. Today I have the pleasure of having a gentleman by the name of Alan, who I actually, it's funny, going back, I don't know, 15 years or so ago, I think we met at a teen nightclub called Crazy Donkey down the road on Route 110. And, uh, you know, it's amazing to reconnect so many years later. Um, you know, not that we're in the same business, but, you know, I'm in the lending side of the business. I know you've dabbled, forget dabbled, you're heavily invested in real estate. And, uh, you know, to have you on here today is, uh, you know, is a pleasure. So uh, crazy donkey. Crazy donkey. Remember man. those days? <laughs> I Now that I started talking more about it with other people, because I feel like for some reason it started to come up in conversation, I'm starting to have flashbacks of being on, on the wall in, in the crazy donkey. So On the wall? What do you mean on the wall? Inso so there was a famous wall when you walked inside the place, I remember. Yes, yes, I remember. I remember. And you would always see the guys. Maybe they were our friends. They would be on the wall with their significant other, you know, doing whatever they were doing. And, you know, I just, I remember all the cool celebrity guests they had there back in the day. Snooky. Snooky. From the Jersey Shore. Ron Browns, I forget. There were so many different cool people that came there. And I feel like people's childhoods aren't like that nowadays. It's sad. I, you know, I don't know. I don't have kids. But, uh. And I don't really, I'm not as attached to like the child world yeah. as I, as maybe when I have kids, but I have, I have a two and a half year old daughter. So, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. It's awesome. It's no it's, teen clubs for her. There's no any club until she's 50 for her. There so you go. Forget teen clubs. You know, it's amazing. Like I just said, going back, we had so many, I feel like experiences that are so different from how these kids grow up nowadays. You know, it's a different world that we're in, but yeah. It's, you know. it's a hybrid, right? Like, it builds character, but then again, it's like, I don't know if I want my kid doing that. Yeah, because you never want to hold your kid back from doing things. You know, I never could imagine that at 29 years old that I would have a daughter. And it's amazing because, like you just said, you never want to hold your kid back from doing certain things in life, but you also, on the same token, want to give your kid every opportunity, whatever they want, I feel like I would just want to say yes to. I don't, I don't know why I feel that way about my daughter. That's awesome. But you have to, of course, always, no matter who they are. I was raised with tough love, never got handed anything. Yeah, same you know, here. My father made me work for everything I have. You know, might have introduced me to opportunities, which I'll always, you know, honor that. You know, I appreciate that, but... What town did you grow up in? So I grew up in Plainview. Okay, Plainview. With, with, with Gabe. Yeah. I can't say that. You know, you, I could say can, it. You can, man. And happy holiday. I know there was just a holiday. It's so. Sukkot, yeah, right now. Happy Thanks, holidays. Man. Gabe, Gabe Raban, man. That's somebody we also, you know, great guy. With also that. in mortgages? So he, he does. He's in the mortgage business. It's funny because a lot of my friends going back to high school, you know, I moved to Plainview in seventh grade from Dix Hills. And in Dix Hills is where I was around the other guys, you know, that we know growing up. You know, Matt Lombardi, that, that whole crew that, you know, that used to go to that teen club, the Crazy Donkey. And, when when I moved to Dix Hills and or when I moved to Plainview, I'm sorry, in seventh grade, I moved into a new school by myself, knew nobody, you know, always had not a cocky attitude. I was always confident. You know, I I knew I was whatever, whether it was good at sports or whatever it was in life. I wanted to be the best at that. And that hasn't changed now in business. But going back to then, I moved into a town where I knew nobody and I got into not issues with people, but I had interactions with, with guys at a young age, and Gabe ended up being a part of that friend group. Nice. So Gabe and I actually started off on the wrong foot, but it was only within a couple of months or so that we realized that, you know, we had a connection and we became close like that. You You're know? still confident, man. When I look at you, I just feel like money is, like, coming off of you. It's like, you want money, you talk to Dean, and you got to say it with an Italian accent. You, got, you can't forget the Italian accent. And listen, it, I, 
I appreciate you saying that. It's funny because I was saying before you walked in here, you know, I feel like a lot of people in life, whenever they see somebody who's successful or somebody that's ahead of them, not ahead of them as a person, but ahead of them, you know, in business or financially, I feel like they they take that the wrong way and they talk shit to their friends. They don't want to root for that person or whatever the case may be. When I see somebody who has achieved in amazing amount of success, whether it's in business or life or no matter what it is, and that person is doing better in an avenue of life that I am, you know, financially or in business or whatever it is, I want to be like that person. Yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, look down at that person like most people do. You know, how do I learn the qualities that that person has in their business and in their life? And how do I implement those into my day-to-day routine? So I don't care if it's an 18, 19-year-old person who has figured it out before me and I'm 30 years old, you know, to see you accomplish what you have at such a young age, you know, is amazing, man. And thanks, man. That's not the, the reason I wanted to have you on here, but it's amazing that seeing you have the right mindset, and that's what I preach here is having the right mindset. You see, it's you're not jealous. You're bulletproof. You but know? you're you're not a jealous guy. I appreciate be. that. You you're be. not a jealous guy, but it's easy not to be jealous when you're as handsome as this guy. <laughs> Am I right? Like, holy shit. When you're a 12 out of 10, my man, like you walk Come in the room, on. everyone's like, oh my God, where's the, where's all this money coming from? All this good looks. And then us, 7 out of 10s. You know, we get jealous sometimes. You're 100 out of 10, I'm bro. not Stop saying me. 7 out of 10. <laughs> I'm not saying me, you know, but uh, but a lot of us, 7 out of 10s, we're like, damn, how do I get to a 12? Yeah. Well, listen, I, it, to be able to sit down with somebody who understands that confidence and when we spoke before the, the podcast and I had asked you some questions, you said, no, I'm, I'm doing it this way. No one ever speaks that way. And I appreciate that because it's all about confidence and knowing that, no, this is how I operate. You know, people do this all the time. I, I want to do things differently. Whatever it is, you know, you know your way and I know my way. And I'm still every day learning always. I always like to, whether it's somebody in a different business or, you know, like, for example, I started the gym for the first time in my life four weeks ago. I've never, nice. ever, ever stayed consistent. And I have so many fucking friends that, you know, fitness is their whole life. And I respect that lifestyle. You know, Asaph German called me. I know he's on, he was on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. His episode should be coming out in the next week or two. He's a beast. Great guy. Love him to death. Overcharges me on legal fees. Asaph, uh, we got to work on that, my guy. I want you to send him that clip. I That's want... a personal conversation. It's very personal. He just charged me. I want... I want some money back, but it's okay. He'll pay for my gym membership. He doesn't mind. He'll do anything. He's he's the best. He is. I love that guy and his team, Dina Ponzini. Yeah. I love that woman. I want Dina to see this as well. So he called me the other day. He's going to this new place. I think it's OG. OG in Lindenhurst. OG training. Yeah, in Lindenhurst. And he's like. Him and Tyler Frost. Don't forget Tyler. I love Tyler. I just spoke at. uh, at Eisen, as, Eisner Amper, Eisner Amper. Yeah. Uh, great place, great people, great questions. Tyler's a good man. He, he, uh, he brought together the panel. Asaf was supposed to be there, but he yeah. was a little busy. It was, it was pretty cool. There was like 80 accountants. Yeah, that's awesome. So, but Asaf told me this new place, OG, is like next, next level. And for him to say that, I, uh, I got to try this place. No, I've heard amazing things about it. The only thing that I realize is that you can't get a reservation for – two years in advance, so you have to, <laughs> I heard you have to look either the night That's before crazy. or whatever it is, but I've heard amazing things about that place. It's nice to be with a group of people, and from what I've heard from people that go there, 
to be with like-minded people in that environment. That means they need to open a new location. But yeah. from a real estate perspective, what I would do if I were them, scale, because they're to an extent, yeah. they're uh, they're like a transient business. Like at, yeah. it, it could be going really well one time, and then the season might fall off if it's seasonal. What I would do is like to hedge my risk in real estate is I would lease a space with like a short-term good guy clause. Yeah. You know, like that's like a parachute. Say you got three months. Right. So in their lease, they'd negotiate like, oh, we'd pay you, the landlord, three months if we bail out of the space. Got it. And then I'd get like as a prime of a location as possible, rip it. If they're still packed out, packed out, that's awesome until that f- fades out, if it fades out. And if it does, then they could pay their three months and walk. Right. That's what I would do. No, listen, and that's what's I feel like challenging about that business. I feel like other people can just at some point just get into it and just open up a location, start playing great music, bring people together, and you know start that kind of business. But I feel like they have they have a good group. You know, there's a lot of people that go there that are very committed to you know whatever they have going on there. So I definitely we definitely have to get in there at some point. You know, but back Let's to go what to I the was, same one. Let's go together. I, I would love to. They all go I think six fifteen in the morning, but I every time I fucking look, you can't get into that class. So. I'm going to make sure I look after this tonight. I'm going to make sure Robbie's there, and if I'm slacking for a second, <laughs> it's going to be on camera. We'll see. We'll Let's see how that. that turns out. Mike, can you, do me a, can you give me a water bottle, bro? I'm sorry. On the middle of the podcast. I'm, I'm dying. Um, Don't worry. Dude, content, natural. It's all good. That's what I, that's what I, so that's what I realized over these last, I'd say, three or four months is that it can't all be – like, you know what you're going to say. You know what comes out. It has to be natural, like you said. And just- Unapologetically, you. Your brand is you. It's all good. We all make mistakes. If you don't make mistakes and you're perfect, people don't want to see you all the time. Unless you're like a Botox girl on Instagram. <laughs> and we're both not hot girls, so we don't have that going I'm definitely for us. not a hot girl. And uh, you asked me what I made when I got here, so you really don't give a fuck. And I love that, man. I love that about you. So no one's ever asked me how much I make, so... That's, that's, that's amazing. And I, like I said, I realized getting into this whole podcast world and the content world, it's all about being genuine and being who you are and what flows through, through you, you know, let it out. And I've always had that. I don't know if it's a problem, but not really having a filter. I'm, I'm the same kind of way. You I know, can tell, like, but you yeah. got an accent, a little bit of an accent. Some might say, but you know, are you married? So I'm, I'm not married, but I have a two and a half year old daughter. She's the best thing in the world. That's like awesome. I said before, um, her mother's fantastic, so I would never change anything. You know, you I, don't live together. We don't live together. Got it. Um, I, I'm there as much as I can for my daughter. You know, everything I focus on in my life, everything I'm building in my life, you know, not just financially, but the foundation around my home and how I raise my daughter, you know, that's why I do it. That's you know, cool. it's, it's not, even though it's about money, it's not just about money, you know, for me. You know, once I had a daughter, or once I found out I was having a kid, like, a spark went under my ass. You was know. she your girlfriend at the time? She was. And then we got engaged. COVID happened. You know, two or three years went by. You know, whatever happened had happened. And, you know, we decided it was best that, you know, we, we parent separately and, you know, do what's best for our daughter. But it's working out, so that's it's, it's working out. You know, cool. I feel like that's in everybody's control. And people don't realize that. You know, especially at a young age, people ask me questions. You know, how do you deal with that? And I feel like that just comes with life. You know, you never know what's going to happen at a certain time and just like I said when I found out I was having a, a, a daughter or having a child it sparked such a flame under me I was always successful going back three four five years ago you know but as a young guy 25 26 years old I found out I was having a kid I never thought my life would be untraditional you know life was never not that life is planned 
but I come from an old school Italian family, the whole you know, Greek yeah. and Italian family. You know, forget not going to college. I tried college, you know, never, that never worked out. Even though I got into the mortgage business and made money, my father was okay with it. You know, I come from an old school family. So being traditional was something I always envisioned. You know, the big wedding, the families at the wedding, you know, whatever it is. So once I found out I was having a child, I was like, holy fuck. I didn't know what to think, you know, but obviously we were going to have the kid. So I, I realized, like, holy shit, I really have to grow up a little bit. We got to get married. Stat. We got to get married. I have to grow Which up a little happen. bit. Yeah, it didn't happen, but I wouldn't change anything. Like I said, I threw a big christening for my daughter. It was a wedding, you know, so she had the best time. We all had a great time. It was the first time in 20 years both of my families were in the same room because my parents are divorced. So it was, it was amazing. It was nice to actually see that come together. Um, you know, but going back to kind of what I was saying is, is it's how, it's how, it's how you, it's, it's, it's how you operate as, as a parent and at 28, 29 years old, you know, it's, it's, it's challenging, but you have to, you have to overcome every challenge and you probably know that better than anybody, you know, whether it's on a deal in life, personally, losing tons of money in business, which we've all encountered, I'm sure, you know, you have to just deal with life and yeah. especially when it's a kid, there's no other option. We make plans. God laughs. God lives. You know? That's right. That's why I actually almost don't plan anything over like two days in advance. And that was my problem in relationships. I never, I'm the same way. I never make plans because if something comes up at the last second and if it's more important or if there's a bigger opportunity, you have to go with that. 100%. My only plans are Friday night, it's Shabbat. Saturday, I don't work. Days open. That's how I do it. Jewish stuff. They're closed on Saturdays, the barbershop. So that's That's why why they're closed. You don't work on Saturdays. I stopped working like three, four years ago on Saturdays. Best decision I made. I used to work like 100 hours a week wow. nonstop for like, I'm not kidding, since I was a little kid. That's amazing. I was just ripping. School work. School, school, work. Work. school stuff. You anything. No, no, anything work-related. I, I used to do e-commerce. I used to I launched a beverage company, which I sold to Vital Proteins. If you guys ever heard of Vital Proteins. Right. Yeah. They actually so just got the like journey... Collagen. Yeah, Vital Performance was one of my companies. I was gonna, did what? You, yeah, now like all the UFC, f- a couple amazing. of UFC guys are sponsored. They just got a spot. They got a sponsor from Ever, with the water company that you're sponsored yeah, I from. Also just got, I just got a personal sponsor from Bear Performance Nutrition. Bear. Bear BPN supplements. BPN. I don't know them. He's, he's, his name's Nick Bear. He started on YouTube like like eight years ago and just grew his personal brand, started a supplement company, and they're killing. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Some of these companies are they crush it, and what you know, I love business yeah like my passion is business i like to learn about businesses and then i'm just a freak like i ask a thousand questions i don't stop so i've seen yeah and i get into like the nitty-gritty details like i know the ins and outs of your business probably more than most of the originators that work at the company you you probably do because a lot of them don't yeah i i'm obsessed with business amazing and i dissect it so the supplement industry they, a majority of these supplements are white labeled through suppliers. So there's like, you know that. It's probably, probably bare. I don't know them, but there's a ton of suppliers here on the island, gummies, uh, powders, etc. They go to promotional product manufacturers, which they bring in, they import everything. They have the, they have the supplements that they drop in. It's pretty cool. It's like assembly line driven. And then they just wrap it. So like 10 brands could be the same. It's all marketing. It's all marketing. It's all marketing. It's all marketing. And you know, Logan Paul and KSI don't own a majority of Prime. They're minority shareholders of Prime. 
There's some company in the Midwest that actually owns it. Somehow they got brought on. Somehow there was a relationship there. And they are doing, I mean, tremendous numbers because of the marketing that Logan and KSI bring, yeah. which is unparalleled to anybody else in the world. Yeah, of course. But they are, yeah, they're all the soccer teams. They are pushing wild numbers, and they're not my, my majority owners. They did a strategic partnership with whoever this company was that understands logistics, beverages, etc. and they just pump, pump, pump. No, it's worth it's more. Is it? Way more. <laughs> wow. That branding and the numbers they're pushing, one of the big boys will gobble them up just because of how the stock will spike. It's a great name, Happy Dad, because yeah. I'm a happy dad. So There you we go. Should, we should have happy dads. It makes, it makes, it makes guys want to drink seltzers. You know what I'm it's true. It's fucking genius. It is. Crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, I've... Business is cool. Like you said, I, I love business, and it's crazy how this world has evolved so much. I feel like like when I got into the business, it was smile and fucking dial. Stay at your desk, dial the phone, that's what you're going to do. And smile that's, and dial. That's how I learned. I've heard that in a while. I would, I would never change those qualities that I, I learned because Key. I have the Key. old school morals and values in business that you need to be successful in every market. You know, these guys that are struggling this last year and a half in a market that we've never seen, guys I'm in the business with 30 years that are in the business, you know, before I was even born, have never seen this real estate market. So, or the interest rate environment. Whatever, whatever when I got in the business, they want to call it. smile and dial. Smile and dial. I was doing the same thing, cold calling aggressively, nonstop. Exactly. Actually, what most people don't know is I started. With a call center or something like that? Because that's my main thing. I have a call center. I had call centers. Nice. I had all of that stuff. Awesome. I've gotten away from that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's so many regulations now. You have to. My call, there's so many New York State regulations that I could. Be, you can't even really have a call center anymore. Yeah. Because you have to realize who, who you're reaching out to. Being but. agile and having a slimmer team with higher level people is so much more fun and, in my opinion, effective than having a massive team that doesn't convert. Big goes small, small goes big, especially in this market. Yeah. At one point, I had over 50 people. It's amazing. Now I'm down to, like, 18. That's like my and team. I'm very happy. Yeah, just when the market's different, not good or bad, our team has been up to 30, 40 people, and then when the market changes, we're down to seven or eight people. And sometimes with those seven or eight people, you can be more successful than having that whole big, you know, shebang because it looks great everybody's happy but you know what makes money is having that small tight group that you yeah. know are going to be successful no matter what comes and don't get me wrong i'm way. going to scale but at this point i'm being methodical like right. i've scaled back big time at any given point Smart. i had like 20 to 30 deals under contract and rolling now i'm down to like seven and i'm trying to bring that down to one so then i could step back really focus on building a business you know a conglomerate yep. and uh and take off from there i'm i've done the years of just hustling aggressively yeah. i'm doing pretty well yeah, yeah. i don't need it you know i want to be more methodical now now it's how do i scale and grow it scale big to scale most people big. i am yeah. scaled of course but in my opinion hit the b i know you got the b in mind so yeah. we all have that number that b some people have to hit uh the the three zeros first the thousands and then some hit the millions and then billion is a is a fantastic goal, and yep. that's an amazing number. And I could get there through brute force in like get there. seven years to ten years. I could do it through brute force. I just don't want to do it that way. Yeah. I want to build something truly sustainable yeah. when I step away, right. whenever that day comes. Right. And like you said, small goes big, big goes small, like I just said. And during a time where there's uncertainty, you have to be smart. you got to cut things back and make sure that when things do go in a different direction that we're ready to – Rock and roll, like yeah. you said. I'm always uncertain. You know, unlike unlike the 
maybe the realtor space or the brokerage space or the mortgage brokerage space. It's like it's cyclical. In my business, the way I treat it is we're constantly uncertain. Yeah. Because if you take on the wrong debt, if you take on the wrong project, that could be your demise. Okay. We're not transactional. I don't buy, I don't broker a deal and get paid on it. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like I have to see a business plan through to the finish. You line. buy a property and you have that property. If the numbers aren't the way you thought that whatever it is, that's your responsibility. Yep. If you're brokering a loan and there's an issue with that loan, the other person deals with it. You know, So it's a different world. Exactly. I can imagine, especially with everything going on, the things you hear with the media. You know, And it's weird because it is a time that we haven't seen. It's like rates came up so fast, right? And you would think that that has to trim down values. And I haven't seen that. Maybe in parts of the no, country. Houses are moving. Values have came down, I'm sure, in some places. But the house that I bought, you know, where I lived with my family in East Meadow three, four years ago, where, where I thought was the top of the market, has gone up significantly. And I thought I was buying high. Like, fuck, I shouldn't be doing this. Every dollar I put into the property, I'm never going to get back, which I didn't care. Where then. did you buy a house? So my first house I bought was in East Meadow. Nice. It was newly renovated because I was having a kid. I didn't want to go through construction or I never would have done that because that's how you pay too much, obviously. But... It was newly renovated. I paid like eight fifty for the house. I ended up putting whatever hundred grand into it, you know, between the outside, the backyard, the whole thing to make it, you know, nice for my family. And values kept going up. You know, now there's homes in East Meadows selling for a million and a half, one point three, one point four, and I'm like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. You sold that house? No, I have it still. Nice. Do you live you there? You can't sell a house with a three percent mortgage. You know, I realize that. So my daughter and her mother live there, and as long as they're happy, I'm happy. So, like I said, with with a house with a two and a half, three percent debt on it. How could you get rid of it? A home run. You sell that house and you buy a condo for a half a million with a seven, eight percent mortgage. You're going to pay more than you do living in a million and change house. So why? It just doesn't make financial sense or yeah. sense, you know, from my daughter's aspect. I want her to grow up in a nice home. So yeah, yeah. You have a different obligation. Yeah, you didn't have to right. support your. Would I get rid of it? P possibly. You can or, move in and buy something like a, right. five fam a four family. It'd be nice to have the capital back from that house, obviously, but it, it is what it is. I can't, I can't even think about it. So yeah. as, long, as long as they're happy. But I know. Did I, you do the FHA stuff, like 95%? It's so funny you say that because I feel like now on social media, they talk about all this house hacking stuff that even me being in the business, you know, when I got in the business in 2000 and I don't know, 14 or 15, whatever it was. That was never a thing. There was no social media. There was no people saying, put 3.5% down on a four unit, live in one 12 months later, sell that, do it again. And you know, that was not out there. Even though like, we, we had the products, we're giving you the loans. It, just, it was something that wasn't in our brain you know, for whatever reason. So it took me up until probably 2019 to realize, like, holy shit, I'm making too much money. And what the fuck am I doing? I want to make too much money. Not too much money to have. I, wa I want to make too much money. At a young How age. How do I make this much? Okay. I want to wear a nice okay. suit. No, I'm just playing with you. I'm Can dressed down. I'm, I'm dressed down. I know you're very humble, which I am as well, and I respect that. So I, I dressed, I dressed down today. No, no jewelry. I try to. I'm trying to the last six. Oh, months. nice. You did that because I was not because of you. So I told them actually <laughs> over the last year or so. I feel like people are struggling, right? And I try to be as real as you can be. When people are struggling, you don't want to rub things in people's faces. Yeah. We all know that we're going to be successful no matter what the market is. Are we going to go through challenges? Of course we are. You know, but when you flaunt things, whether it's houses, cars, jewelry, money, I'm closing 50 deals, I feel like people that are going through a challenging time might take things the wrong way. You know, so I just, for myself, I never want to rub somebody the wrong way. So the last year or so, I've cut back and I've realized that 
life's not just about items that you have, no matter how much money you make. Life's about experiences, good people, you know, obviously being successful. And that's something that I've learned, you know, over the last year or two, that you don't have to flaunt everything. And I, I love nice cars and the jewelry, wearing nice stuff and going travel vacations. I love all that stuff, but showing it a certain way, I feel like, you know, especially when things are challenging for people. I just, I, I would never want to insult somebody or rub somebody the wrong way. So. A lot of the time that comes with age or experience. It comes with age and experience. Yeah, like 100%. I've already experienced this. It's not what I need. It's not what you need. I'm all right. That's amazing. Can I, I get that? Can we turn that off? It's a little cold in here now, right? Reason. <laughs> Tell I don't think. directly at me. <laughs> it's experience, like, like you said. And uh, when I was a kid, I used to have this e-commerce business. And I was drop shipping furniture across the country. And I did pretty well. I bought an M6. I, uh, oh, so you went through it. I, I went through I like it when you. I was 15 to Good. 17. Good. I bought an M6. I spent money on my girlfriend at the time. And uh, I didn't know anything about investing at the time other than the business I was in. Right. I was oblivious to it. When I hit 18, I was like, yeah. I don't really like this stuff. Like, I'm not a BMW crazy partier guy. I like to go out. I still love going out. Yeah, travel. Forget it. I a love lot it. of people are like, oh, the going out stuff, not me. I'm like, yeah, totally me. I love going out. <laughs> I love having a good time, yeah. and I always will. Exactly. My father goes out with the friends still, 65. I'll always be that guy. There's in the nothing wrong with it. Like, no. yeah, it's cool. it's nice on social media to be like, I'm a homebody. or like to hear that. It's like, no, I like to do things. No one's a homebody nowadays. Don't let them fool you. I, I don't disagree with that. Like, you are right. I like to be out. I'm a late guy. I like to be up late. Uh, do I have a balance? Brain's going. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Like, I'm, I will still get up early and rip through the day. But I got that out of my system when I was young. Like, by 18, I didn't want anything. So uh, no watches, no jewelry, no nice cars, no, ni- no crazy houses, none of that. I'm getting a little bit older now. I'm 27. I'm like, you know what? I can buy a house now for myself. Yeah. I can uh, I can switch my car. I've had the same truck, same model since 2014. Wow. So people, all, you know, my friends. <laughs> they're confused. They're, yeah, they're like, bro, just get the new Range Rover, get this. I'm like, I have a Ford. It's a F-150 Raptor. I like my truck. That's a beautiful truck. Yeah, it's great. It's been great to me since the day I bought it. I bought the 2014, sold it in 2018 for three grand more than I paid for it. It's like, what's better than Everything that? Everything this guy touches makes money. You know, some people said that to me before, and I was like, it's not necessarily true to the full. A car, you don't make money on a car after you drive it. I've never heard of that. I bought 50 cars, and you lose money every time. Yeah. But not you. I got the new Raptor, the 2018 Raptor. I'm probably Sweet going truck. to trade it in for another pickup, and uh, that one I'm going to lose on, but nominal. Like, you're talking 2014 to 2023, I might be down 30 grand. That's what I've realized. You got to cut those losses. I bought so many fucking things from. It's not a loss. It's a cost of doing business. Cost of doing business. You know? I'm saying cost like cost of you, life for me. Cost of life. You know, and I you can't look back and I'll never dwell on anything that happened in the past because if you sit there and dwell, you'll set yourself so far backwards and you'll never get to where you need to be. And I could look back at from 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, all the financial mistakes that I've made. And still continue to make, maybe not at that level, because I've realized, like, holy shit, certain things you can't do. But if I go back to then and put the money in the right place, you know, we could all say we could have, should have done something different. But you have to realize that at some point. Some people don't. I know people that are 30, 40, forget 30, 40, 50 years old, still in my business or in real estate that are 
yeah, they make a lot of money. They make a million dollars a year, but they have zero. They have zero. And I well, said, a million's not that much. It's not anymore. When you when you not anymore. get into business, you realize it's not really not that much money. You make a million dollars a year. You're paying taxes on it. Correct. You live in New York. You're getting whacked. So you're taking home four fifty after taxes, and yeah. then after forget your family, your child. Four fifty to six hundred with deductions. Then you have a life. It's amazing. And it, the life's uh, a normal life, even with or without a family in Long Island, costs probably fifteen to. 25 a month. You have a $5,000 mortgage payment. That means your first 9000 before taxes pays one bill. So you have to make $80,000 a year to pay for one mortgage. Yep. The median income in New York is how much? 90000 You know, whatever it is. So I have no idea. It's, it's, it's amazing right to see how people do it. And that's why people aren't doing it. That's why something has to change you yep. know, in the world. And if you're not allocating money correctly, you have 200 at the end of the year. You're spending it on something. Right. Most likely, that's what a lot of Child people do. Care, you know, school, whatever it is. Cars, vacations, family. Like and that's what the people lending, do. Giving yeah. money to your family. That's what people do. Yeah. So a million's not as much as it used to be. People used to respect 100000 a year going back 10 years ago. When I started in business, I remember people saying, you make 10000 not me, you, you can make $10,000 a month, you make $100,000 a year. Like, that's like the goal. Like that, that was the goal back then. And it's amazing how fast life has changed, you know, and now you make a few hundred thousand a year. You can't even support your family and pay your bills and save money. Unless you live in Puerto Rico or a different state that's more tax-friendly, then more it's tax like friendly. a little better. Yeah. And the cost of living is substantially less. But New York is brutal. I know a lot of people that have moved out to Puerto Rico and actually have headquartered their business out there because of all those tax breaks. Yeah, I have one advantages. friend that he used to – I have one good friend. <laughs> that I'm not going to name drop him because he'd be very upset. Yeah, he's, don't do that. He's a very uh, – very quiet guy, almost 40 years old. He used to build websites and whatever software on the blockchain back in 2013. Wow. And then everybody used to pay him in China. Like it was all clients from China, and they used to pay him only in Bitcoin. Awesome. And Forget it. in 2017, he sold more Bitcoin than I've ever seen or anybody I know has ever seen. 2017, not the 2020 boom. 2017 he sold so much bitcoin he moved to puerto rico from new york and uh and he's headquartered there sold everything and he no business anymore nothing he's just a happy retired guy since he's been i mean now it's going back six years since he's been 33 yeah and he's been retired that's amazing he did it the right way i feel like people are trying to do it the wrong way just putting their business out there you can't do that you have to actually live in Puerto Rico. I yeah, know. I know. You got to live there. I don't I mean, know what these people think now. <laughs> you know, so that's amazing to see somebody, you know, that actually. But he hit it, you know, to, yeah, of course. on Bitcoin like that. That's unique. That's amazing. I heard I, just so many stories, even like people I know personally that we could all say, we had it back at this time. And if I still had it, yeah, like I know people, we actually had it. Like, it's amazing that, you know, how much something like that. Like what do you what do you think about crypto? That wasn't something I planned on talking about. Do you like? I'm not in the like space. No? Not really. Yeah, I either. have some stuff. It's just yeah. sitting there. I I have a little bit in case something pops, but I never. I don't like focus on it. Yeah, you know, I lost so. a lot of money in that so stuff. Did, so did I. I used to I used to sell furniture online, like I said back in the day. And one of the things I did was I would uh, I would sell on eBay and whatever. And somebody reached out to me on eBay. They're like, Hey, listen, I can pay you in Bitcoin. I was like, What is this Bitcoin? I was probably 14 years old at the time, give or take. No, no, I was, uh, I was 16 years old at the time. I'm talking early Bitcoin days. Yeah, like yeah. This is 2013. That's a great win. Yeah. 
They offered oh. me 47 Bitcoin for a $350 <laughs> desk back then. 47 I was like, all right, you know what? It's a lot of money for me, the $350. I think I was making like $70 on the desk, so it cost me $280. I was like, I'll do it. And I went through the whole process. I started, you had to get the thumb drive. You have to get all these things. I was calling around, figuring out how to do it. I got towards the end, and this guy, that's why I don't listen to people. Big reason I don't listen to people. This guy, he goes, listen, kid, a lot of fraud goes on with Bitcoin. You're gonna, you could get in trouble. They could rob you. They could hack into your bank account. I'm like, hack into my bank account? I have $40,000. <laughs> Back then, <laughs> in right? My bank account. Yeah, I was like, if they hack into my bank account, I won't have any money. And I am so oblivious. Yeah. Back then, I just didn't get it. That's why when I speak to people today, I get it. Like they don't, they just don't get right. certain certain things, economic things or business things. So that's how I was. I was a kid, and uh, I set up everything, and I didn't take the guy's Bitcoin. <laughs> Until this day, it's like shit. That was my Bitcoin. Do story. the math. Forty-seven times whatever, thirty thousand. Almost say nice one point five million. That would have been a nice payday. In Bitcoin, it would have been nice, but it didn't happen. That, that would have been nice. Yeah, I would have probably moved it all and bought a ton of properties. But anyway, you can't. I can't even think that far ahead because what if it boomed? What if it jumped to fifteen hundred dollars? I probably would have sold it all. Correct. I don't know. I don't know. I was a kid. I have a story from six, like literally a year ago. I bought a cryptocurrency. It was called, I forget the name of it, but I I put a thousand bucks into it. My father put two or three thousand into it. It went up to a hundred and something thousand within a week. Wow. We didn't sell it. This is a true story. You could ask my wife. We didn't sell it. <laughs> and we just we we just started to watch it go down. And to make a long story short, it went down to like nothing, zero. And we just never sold it. No. And yeah, yeah. And and my father comes from a financial background. He's a financial advisor, not a mortgage guy. He was now he's in the mortgage industry because that business coincides with what he does. And, you know, he's amazing at all avenues of the financial space, you know. But he's like, I've never – that was 5,600% on my money. You know, as a financial planner, you try to make your clients 7 8 10% on their money every year. I hit a stock 5,600%. And I didn't sell. And we didn't fucking sell it. And we didn't fucking sell it. And that's, it's amazing how life happens so fast – I it was my money too, and I did. We had two separate accounts, and we didn't fucking sell it. You get it caught up is. in that. You get caught up. It's we thought it, we thought that was it. We thought that was the one that was going to, you know, like Shiba Inu popped that time. We thought that was it. We were gonna have millions and never work again off of crypto. This was last year. That's Crazy. So, so stupid. Yeah. As we're making tons of money during COVID, whatever it was, you know, and then I can't. We, we just didn't focus on it. Meanwhile, I have friends that, you know, did calls, option calls. And they made like ten million dollars. I got like destroyed that. on options. Did it? Me too. Yeah, I because you can't that's focus on it. Yeah, it's not you. It's not me. I, I got in. I realized it's going to take some of my time. I'm like, you know what? I'll rip the bandaid off. I don't even want it. Let me just move on back to real estate. What I specialize in: real estate, private equity style deals. That's what I'm going to focus on, and that's what I did. And then I took yeah. my portfolio from like thirty mil to like a hundred mil. And I was like, this is mine. You know, this is what I'm focusing on. This is my specialty. Yeah, I didn't want to really. I know I don't want to really get into how you start. I know you started with one house, right? And then that just kind of set you off. To yeah, now. one house snowballed into five. Five snowballed into like sixty, and raising money and all that good stuff. I mean, 
talked about that a billion nah, times. Yeah, like we talked cool. about. But I love. Uh, and you travel a lot too. I know. Now Do you I travel because because of the real estate though. Are you traveling to find opportunities to buy real estate, or you just you enjoy traveling? Nah. I like to do business everywhere I go, cool. but I just want to see the world now. I didn't travel as a kid. I never traveled. You know, a lot of kids, their parents like take them places. I had the Disney trip. Things. My mother's side every year was the, the Disney World. That's trip, awesome. It's amazing. It is. My parents didn't go anywhere until we took them to Cuba. That's amazing. With us, me, my brother, and my sister. So we didn't go anywhere. So I was just a Long Island kid. At my, see, my parents met in Israel. Okay. My mother gave birth to me in England. Wow. Then they moved to America. and So you were born in England? I was born in the UK. Wow. And then we lived in America and didn't go anywhere for like 20 years. Wow. So I was like, all right, wh- I don't like spending on nice things and fancy stuff. It's not me. I'd rather donate or do something with it. You know, but I do like traveling. I like seeing new things and understanding how economies work. I fell in love with like how things work. Yeah, of course. So I'll hop on a plane and I'll go to like Croatia. I'm the same way and I'll go by myself. And when you see other places, how they operate and how they work, their economy, you know, it's amazing. You know, I'm sure you've, you've gone a ton of places I see online, but it's, it's really amazing to see how different places work. I think that's the freedom. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. I'm, yeah. I don't that's have financial. kids yet. That's freedom. Yeah. Right. I don't have kids yet. I do have a new girlfriend who uh, I think I'm going to end up marrying this girl. Uh-oh. Yeah. That's a that clip. Was a, that was a big one. I think I'm going to end up marrying this girl. She's awesome. Such a good, gr- honest, a great person. Just down to earth, great person. So I don't know how it's going to look. I was going to ask you kids. that about business, kind of. Like, do you, has that, being single, were you single for a long time? Not a long time. I, I was in a three and a half year relationship. Does that, do you think, because I feel like this is a topic that people bring up, do you think being single or being in a relationship helps you get so far so fast in business or it's the contrary for me when i when i get out of a relationship i'm working 24 7 i'm ripping i'm doing very well i'm growing fast when i'm in a relationship it scales back a little bit i don't think it has anything to do with the woman because i pick my direction correct so if uh, if my woman if my wife my girlfriend my fiance whatever holds me back x she's out I'm not holding on. I don't hold on to things. Like, I don't try and grasp something and be like, no, please, you know? That's not you have me. Your, your vision's bulletproof, and that's, that's not it. changing. I don't care how beautiful she is, how kind she is, how smart she is, how much money she has. I, I want to be the best version of myself, and if somebody changes that, whether I have 10 kids or not, you're out. This woman, I think, is the right one. This one, she, she understands what I do. She's happy with it. She's more religious than I am. And because of that, there comes these, there comes these things with religion that's like really nice. You know, I'm not looking at the dark side. I'm looking at the, the nice side. Like, you know, treat your man well, and of course, uh, you know, he's there needs to. There's so so many funny things. And I believe in old school traditional, you know, relationships and values and morals. And and so does she. And that's why I'm like, wow, this girl is special to me. That's how I grew up as well. It's all about respect. Of course. In my house, all about respect. Yeah, we had I heard no that word money. how many times a day if I heard the word respect yeah. growing up in my house. We grew up with no money in my house. And if you looked at my dad the wrong way, you know, you have a problem. So that respect has lasted till this day. That's amazing, though. Like, I still look at dad, I call him Abba, dad, or daddy. I love him to death. I give him a kiss every time I see him, when I walk in, when I walk out. 
Same with my mom. It's just like pure respect. Like I see kids and they, they'll say shut up to their parents. A level of disrespect to their parents. Yeah, I want to smack them. It's, it's absurd. People, will you smack your kid? If my kid tells me to shut up, he's getting slapped. Yeah, that's She's getting slapped. It is what it is. It's absurd the way people speak to their parents. Have some respect. Like their friends. Yeah, and hopefully that's the only time you have to smack your kid. And then yeah. forever they're going to be respectful. Because it, it really sometimes takes one instance to set somebody on the right course. It's true. So I used to be very disrespectful to everybody other than my family when I was a kid. That got out of my system because my... Uh, it's amazing to admit that because most people wouldn't admit that. Oh, open book, baby. Open book. Nothing to hide. I just said I'd smack my kid on camera. <laughs> How yeah. much do you make? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, uh, I, I was very disrespectful because I was making money and I was a kid. And I didn't come from money. So when I was making this money, I bought myself a nice car. I'd go to school. I won the nicest car award, all this stuff. And I'd pull up to school, and my teacher would be like, Alon, go do this. And I'd be like, you can't tell me what to do. I make more money than you. <laughs> and that was wrong. I should have never acted that way. Yeah. Looking back, I understand that. It didn't trail into my into my now present time. I'm, I would never say something like that. Actually, I don't look at people based on what they make whatsoever. I look at them from what I can learn from them. That's how I look at people most of the time. What can I learn from this person? What information can I extract from you that will help me be a better person, live a better life, build a better future for the people and community around me? And uh, that's how I look at people now. Nothing to do with money. But I, I was a kid. And it's disappointing to see people that are 30 that act like that because they're just oh, starting to make money. It's amazing. But I was a kid and... I, uh, I would tell my teacher, I still remember it was my math teacher, super sweet lady. Like, she was sweet, but a little... I make more money than you. You can't tell me what to do. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I, that's what I said to her. <laughs> and she's like, uh, she actually flipped out is what she did. And she sent me down to the principal's office. And I was like, she can't tell me what to do. <laughs> and, and I was like standing my ground. I'm like... You guys can't tell me what to do. You don't pay my bills. And that's what my dad used to say to me. He'd be like, uh, you just copy like, what you follow. Who, who pays my electric bill? You? You're going you're gonna to tell me? You know, it would be like acting like Italian. Yeah, yeah. But so I was, I was acting like that in school sometimes. Uh, and he didn't say it disrespectfully. He'd just be like, you know, I'm the adult. Yeah, yeah. So I'd be like, now I'm an adult, you know? And, uh, and it was wrong, and my mom would always get calls on it. Yeah. My mom's like a British respect woman, you know, like she would teach us how to eat at the table, how to have manners. Like how you dare talk to somebody that way. Exactly, and nothing to do with money. Right. Like as, even when we had no money at all, it's like this is how you sit at a table. This is how you speak to people. Right. You ask questions. I couldn't you, have my elbow on a table at my finger. Yeah, my me elbow too. Elbows off the table. Now, I mean... It's a little no, different. different but. but she so I said this to the math teacher, whatever, and my mom asked my neighbor for help, asked our neighbor for help. He had a friend who was like this old fashioned football player. He's like a pro football player. And he was also a math tutor. And he's like, I'll I'll whip this kid into shape. And uh and he came down and he's like, If you do good, I'll buy you McDonald's. And I keep kosher, so I only got French fries. <laughs> and uh He's like, I'll get you French fries at McDonald's. I was like, you know, I don't need your money, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but he's like, listen, kid, it's a respect thing. Of he's course. a grown man. He would, uh, he would be a tough love with me, 
and we built this friendship. His name was Joe Tuts, and I loved him. He was an awesome guy. My father was too busy working. He was yeah. very busy with work, and I always admired that about him. So I worked hard as well throughout my life. It's amazing. But that respect to translate back to school, I did. It put me into shape. Then I got into wrestling. Did you go to college? I went to Hofstra. You went to Hofstra? Yeah. I graduated yeah. early from Hofstra. I did awesome. very well there. Awesome. And the wrestling is extremely humbling. I loved wrestling. I was 103. Nice. My favorite lightweight. Class. Yeah, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. I stopped in ninth because I was trying to play baseball before I hurt my arm. But yeah, I was a lightweight. Combat sports are so humbling. Yeah. And I love that about those kinds of sports, and that helped build who I am today. But uh, but I did it with my own twist. You know, I would leave wrestling. I'd go to work. Yeah. That's why I wasn't the best ever. You know, because I would work in my office. Learn. That, that's young man to learn work. You know, to yeah. to start. Having that, you had that mindset in, eighth, you said eighth grade, you were telling people I make more than you? Yeah. That's amazing, you know, at, at, in eighth grade. So you can't look at that the wrong way. Even though the teacher has to do what they have to do and, like, you're not supposed to do that, to have, to, to, for somebody to speak that way and have that mindset and have that in you, just that's why you're at where you're at now. Yep. Listen, don't get me wrong. You know? Most teachers, even in college, are extremely small-minded. With all due respect to the staff, the teachers, everything, and if this does relate to them, they need to work on themselves. They're very small-minded. If you're taking offense to a kid telling you, I make more than you, then you need to look within and see what's wrong with me. Like, why is that bothering me? Why is that hurting me? Because you could tell me anything, Dean. You could literally say anything to me, and it'll just roll off my shoulder. (laughs) Like, it won't even bother me at all. There's so many people in life that are just going to come at you from every angle. You have an opinion. You do. You do. And you have a different one, right? People were telling me, don't get into Bitcoin. People were telling me, you're over leveraging. People were telling me, 14% is crazy. You shouldn't even get into business. This bank is better than that bank. You shouldn't go to this school. You should go to that school. Wrestling is better than boxing. This and that. And just everybody's opinion. It just comes from a million angles. You got to give everybody the finger kindly right you deliver it with kid gloves as they say you deliver it kindly like listen i respect your opinion thank you and then you do what you want you take it in you show respect because you want people to still like you it's a it's just natural respect right like if i tell you to go f yourself you'd be like oh i don't really know if i like that guy if i tell you (laughs) i appreciate your opinion and then i do what i want right you're gonna like me i'm gonna do what i want anyway that's why things just gotta roll off can't hurt me with words, you know. Hundred percent. No, that that's amazing, and I've and I've even learned, and I'm always I'm open to always admitting when I grow, when I learn, and I've become comfortable with that. Even the last couple of years, you have you have to be that way. You know, if you take things personal and you you wear your heart on your sleeve, which I do myself, and I'm the first to admit it, because you care. It's for me. It's out of caring about people. I can't stand to see someone not successful. That works for me or whatever it is if I recommend somebody and that person does the wrong job or whatever the case may be I've always worn my heart on my sleeve you know so but learning as you get older and in business you know not to take things personal and life is going to be life you know things are going to happen that you can't control you know I think that's when you finally realize like holy shit you know I feel better within myself now you know because if you have to live every day worried about you know x y and z you know, you're never going to be able to go forward. Yeah, and money comes and goes. I have a great life without money. Money comes and goes. I have a great life when I 
I'm doing pretty well as well, you know, but I have friends that make crazy money. Yeah. I have friends that bring in $20 million a year net and they're just the coolest guys in the world. You know, like you would never know. And they're just awesome. Yeah. And that's, that's what I want to be like. You know, I want to do even better than that. And I just want to be the coolest guy. I want to have these conversations. I want to hang around people and talk about whatever I like or want to learn about. And everyone would be like, that was a cool guy. Definitely. You know, whether you make a fortune or not, it shouldn't define like who you are. That's what I love about this because it kind of shows people. And when I started getting more into the media, I had a mortgage mindset series. And I feel like people know Dean is a mortgage person already. They know I do real estate. They know I'm the best at what I do. But how do they learn more about myself and who I am as a person? You know, and that's why I decided to start this after hours podcast because it's nice to bring people on, you know, and actually speak with people that, you know, whether it's business or life or whatever, relating to a certain topic or personal development, you know, it's it's amazing to show the world that. And I think it's so important, um, you know, nowadays, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so, something else I wanted to ask you r- real quick is, is there anything like going back five or six years? Would you change anything? You know, I know you love what you do. You know, would you change anything in business? Is there something that you would have done differently? Yeah, hundred percent. There is hundred percent. If I could go back, I would just go bigger. Go bigger, quicker. Bigger. Just way, way bigger. That's what I would do. Yeah. Now that I see myself, I was building something. And you and realize, like, holy shit, this is what I could do? Why didn't I do it? Yeah. I always knew I could do so anything I, I wanted. I was like, I'm going to be the biggest. I can do anything I want. Once you actually do well, you're like, is this really what I want? Like, is that next step what I want? You don't know. You reevaluate. But if I could go back, i just go way bigger because bigger is more impactful. Scale brings impact. And I care way, about, way more about impact than I do about short-term gains or the way the public looks at me. Right. It's, it's not what I care about. I care about impact. And that's what I want to, uh, to be known for one day. Like when I go, like what an impactful person, whatever it was, Jewish causes, business, uh, helping people and anything around the world, whatever it is, impact. Philanthropy. That's what a lot of people, I feel like once they realize, you know, they've figured it out enough to where they can live comfortably and they have that financial freedom, you know, I feel like a lot of people gear towards, you know, how can I now give back and, you know, whether it's the community or the world or whatever yeah. it is. I love giving. I love learning about businesses and executing. I like doing deals. Doing deals is probably the most fun part of what I do, whether it's bringing on new investors, negotiating on deals, or buying properties or businesses. So I see that as my future. Like, I'm going to do more deals right. and have fun doing it, and I'm going to give back because the money will come in and it goes wherever. I probably, with time, I'm going to set something up for my girlfriend and my mom and, uh, and help like the autism, Down syndrome community because that's what they both like to help. It's amazing. And I don't have the time to allocate to helping those people hands-on, but they do, and God bless them. So I hope they're going to be my philanthropy arm one day. Yeah. And I uh, could just pump it with money to help those course. people. Uh, giving back's amazing. Even like right now is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And my mother, when I was in high school, went through breast cancer. At the same time, my grandmother went through breast cancer. No way. Cancer. Yeah. Same time? At the same time. My, I, my, my mother found out. I think I was a senior in high school. My mother found out she had breast cancer. And then I found out it had to be like a month later. You know, that my grandmother just went to get checked because my mother got diagnosed. She went to get checked. And they were like, holy shit, you have it also. You know, so that... 
I was a little younger, even though we were 18, 17, 18, you know, so I didn't really, I don't know if it's... How are they doing now? They're both alive? They're good. Yeah, they're both alive. Did you check for breast cancer? No, and it's, I don't know if that's... Your chest is too small. That's Come why. on, man. I mean, give me another couple of weeks. I'm four weeks in the gym. So by week seven or eight, you see a little more chest. But no, it's, it's, they say that, I don't know if it's a male or a woman thing, but they say, like my sister, like you're supposed to go get checked, you know, obviously. But that's so common, I know, in women, you know, nowadays. But just going back to the whole giving back thing, too, there's a reason why people do what they do. And, you know, I try to give back as much as I can, and whether it's charities and, you know, bringing people into the events that I throw and, you know, giving a portion of all that money back to a great cause, you know, I try to be involved as much as I can. And the more I scale my life as well, you know, is the, the more I'll, I'll do. And, you know, try good guy, good looking, makes a ton of money. My. We got to get this guy married ASAP. You got any girls for him? <laughs> one, one, of these, one, of these, one of these days. I got to go back to being traditional. Yeah. It's always a dream of mine. So. We need a nice Italian Greek girl for you. That's Italian and Greek. Doesn't have social media. I still think we got a couple of years. The Greeks of, are a little, of, of a little crazy. You know, when I, got, when I got this new girlfriend, or whenever I date a new girl, I'm like, I travel a lot. I so, will learn to set expectations yeah. in my life. <laughs> That's it. So do, we have, are we, are we, do we have any more camera? Are we good? Yeah, I mean, we're, I mean if you guys want to cool. keep rolling. I'll learn, I got to learn to set expectations going forward in life, whether it's, yep. I always set expectations, you know, with referral put in business, but in life, you have to set expectations for people. You know, as a person, right, if you know that your life is a certain way or whatever it is, you know, you can't just... I mean, I set like an umbrella expectation. That's like, good. This is who I am. Good. It's, you're not going to be accustomed to it. No matter where you come from, you're not. And because of that, things are just going to roll. And you got you to gotta roll with the punches or you got to sit back and let me do my thing. Otherwise, this is never going to work. And some women accept that and some women can't. They just can't. Their upbringing wasn't there. You know, and those... And you got to cut your losses fast like that. So when I realized that with certain relationships, I was out, done, next, move on. I, I have to keep moving. This current girl is awesome. She accepts it. She understands it. So we're good, you know, and, uh, and then everything else comes together from there. No, that's, that's, that's amazing. Um, yeah, like I said, setting expectations is something that as I grow older, I will learn to do better and then eventually... That should lead to something special. And there's nothing wrong with being spontaneous. I'm always spontaneous, whether it's business, like last week. You know, I I had a wake to go to in Florida, but there was an opportunity down south. And this happens to me all the time. I'll have an investor call me, Dean, it's Tuesday. You know, you have to come here on Wednesday. I'm out. I'm going. You know, it's it's Well, you called me. Yeah, I called. You told me I'm going to Florida. I'm like, oh, make it happen. You have to. You have to. And that's happened so many times. Did you do that deal? There's an opportunity that I have people building down there that, you know, we could discuss you know, there's always something where if you don't just do it, then forget the opportunity. It doesn't always pan out the right way. Uh, there's been so many times where I've traveled somewhere across the country or whatever it is, and you get there and you think it's an opportunity. You, you look at the property or you speak to the person about the deal, and it's not what it is. You know, but that's just how I operate. You have to operate that way. I, feel, I know you operate that way. If you don't take action, you know, where's the reward going to come from, you know, if you don't take action? So... You know, where do, where do you, I know we'll finish up, you know, we've been sitting here for a while and I, I appreciate you, you know, sharing all this stuff and it's amazing to actually, like I said, reconnect, like I said in the beginning, you know, with somebody 15 who, years later, 15 years later, man, it's amazing. Uh, where, where do you see yourself five years from now? Is there a goal five years, 10 years, like 
just keep doing your thing. Only or... God knows. I want to have a lot of kids. I want to have like 10 kids. That's awesome. So hopefully in the 10 next... kids. Yeah. Hopefully by the time beautiful. I'm 40, I have 10 kids. That's beautiful. I mean, even yes. if, even if I have like six or seven, then I'll adopt another three. Like I want 10 kids. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. Most people don't think that way or would feel that way, especially our age. So yeah, I want a big family, you know, like something awesome. Like I want a school bus to travel around with my family. It's, it's the time, it's that time of life. I go all in on everything I do. And I think kids are wonderful and they bring new life and bring them up in, uh, in the, the right way, like the right, there is no right way, but like with the right traditions and values and respect, I think that would be cool. And it would be a testament to my future. That's amazing. And listen, I, I truly hope there's more people our age like yourself, you know, that understand that those old school qualities that you need to have, morals, values, being traditional, you know, I hope that continues to, you know, come come through the next generations to come because I feel like this world has been so fucked up these last couple of that's years. Why, that's why I have a problem with that guy that yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we won't name, but like we shook hands. Yeah. We made a deal. You know, don't don't play with me on my deals. I, one million percent. I like to do. I'll shake hands. I, you know, my attorneys tell and me. I'm, I'm that way too. You're not ridiculous. supposed to shake hands nowadays because you're supposed to put things on paper. But I feel like, right, if you come to me and say, Dean, we're gonna do a deal, and I shake your hand, or if I don't shake your hand and say, No, put it on paper. Right away by me saying, Put it on paper. That's me not trusting you. You know, so if we have a relationship and there's expectations, I feel like, why should we have to do that? Hundred percent. I just told somebody very close to me. We just did something. It was worth about $700,000. And I said, yo, just text me what we just agreed on. Right. I'll confirm it via text because right. I'm going to forget. Right. And, uh, and if you want to draft something up, draft it up. Right. And they were a little uncomfortable. And he's like, you know what? Fine. He texted it to me. I thumbs up on the text. That was it. Three months later, we go back to this deal. The, the deal is about done. Um, equities being allocated, whatever. And he's like, hey, this is what we discussed. That's not what's on the paper. And I was like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, no, we, we did. And then, you know, some words like, oh, my God, is he trying to screw you or trying to screw him? I'm like, honestly, I just don't remember. Like, somebody show it to me so I can remember. He got a screenshot of the text, showed it to me, signed it right there. It's yours. We made that deal. We're good. good. It was a handshake deal. But now I remember, like, now I tell people, I forget things because I have so many things going on. Just text it to me. It doesn't need to be crazy formal. As long as you said it or I said it, we're on the same page. I'm, I'm the same. Exactly. So that's what happened. And you were talking here 700 grand. <laughs> you know, I've been burned by my best friend from those crazy donkey days for $30,000. He burned me. He burned an 11-year friendship on 30 grand. I've been burned. I just got burned on eight grand. I'm like, how short-sighted are you? You know, I roll with such serious you know, equity and deals now, and I'm getting so much bigger, so much faster. And to do something so silly over eight grand, 30 grand, even 150 grand, like that person, 150 grand, you know how much business he lost from me? Because yep. I like these people. Yep. I like you. I like yep. a couple more people. Yep. I probably lost way more than 150 grand. But that's, that's how life works. That's though. the difference. That's how life yeah. works. Yeah. That's how life works. You stand by your word. Always. I, I mean, I'm. I'll, call, I'll end a friendship if somebody will break their word. Uh, that's happened to me in my life. And, you know, there's certain things you can forgive and not forget, you know, but there's also certain things in life that, like, I can't be around those people. 100%. Because you know, it kind of rubs now off. Now you don't respect them anymore. No. And I, I, and I tell people to. And I'm the same way. When, when I don't respect somebody because they disrespected me first, you know, I, I get challenging, you know, so 
I agree. That's just this how, was awesome. How life works. So thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, brother. This was awesome. We'll definitely uh, do it again in the future. Hell yeah. Yo.